Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today we are going to talk about equipping and encouraging young people to be witnesses to Jesus in their many vocations. We are in a series where we're talking about service and leadership in youth ministry, and we know healthy youth ministry helps young people to explore and engage in their vocations and gives them opportunities to serve and lead. Last episode, we talked about with Cassie Moore about helping youth think about their vocation. In particular, today, we're going to talk about how to support youth in their vocations as they share the gospel with those in their everyday life. There are many young people in Gen Z who do not claim any religious affiliation. We have seen Rates of Christianity drop over time from gener- generation to generation. Uh, data shows us that probably three and five, 13 to 18 year olds say they are Christian. So this means that youth in our ministry face challenges to their faith every day. They have many friends who believe in a variety of different things, and they care for those friends deeply and want to be equipped to share the love of Jesus in their life. Yeah, even in the last few years, Barn has done some research that shows us that Gen Z feels really differently about evangelism and witnessing to other generations. So while many non-Christian young people are really open to spiritual conversations, and we've seen that in some of our data, many Christian young people are hesitant to come across as maybe too aggressive um, or overly prioritizing the gospel in a way that might injure relationships by sharing their faith. So it's important to help teens think about how to share their faith in Jesus while still loving and caring for those people in their circles and help them to understand the value of that evangelism, even if they might be a little hesitant. As we talk more about this, we are going to talk with Jessica Bordalo. Jessica has spent the last 15 years in Christian media production. She has worked as the creative producer of video-based resources for LCMS Youth Ministry. She was an artistic producer and co-host of 100 episodes of Speaking of Jesus, a weekly podcast from Lutheran Hour Ministries. Her devotional writing and Christian educational resources have been published by Christ to All Publishing, Concordia Publishing House, and LCMS Youth Ministry. Jessica holds a BA in education and MA in systematic theology. She is passionate about developing creative ways that share the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. I'm glad to be here. So we got to hear briefly about lots of things you've done in your intro, but maybe tell us more about your vocations and things that bring you joy. Like everybody else, I have wonderful vocations and a lot of them, right? My favorite is being a wife. and I've got three grade school aged kids at home, so that keeps me busy. And I'm officially now a soccer mom. That's a new vocation for me. I've, you know, that's a vocation that in the past I maybe didn't value, but here I am. I even have a minivan. (laughs) So yeah, but that vocation brings me so much joy. I love it. My husband and I didn't realize that parenting would be as fun as it is. We love it. I love to hear that. (laughs) Well, one of the things we love to hear from youth ministry leaders is about their junior and senior high school years. Can you share maybe for us about how Jesus used a key moment or moments or people to keep you or bring you closer to him or his church? Oh my goodness. Junior high and senior high. It's just a chapter I want to close in my own (laughs) life. Such a hard time of life. Like for me, it was so awkward, so insecure. Just it, it was really stressful, hard part of life for me. And that's why I wanted to do youth ministry Mm. because I wish that I had mentors to help me more. Mm. You know, I wish that, um, I could have connected with a group of peers that would have been able to support me Mm -hmm. in my faith. And 
do whatever I can to give that to other youth. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's so needed. And if there's something that I can do to make that part of that journey, that part of your journey in life easier, I'll do it because that part of life was hard. <laughs> Sure. I am I am glad I am not a youth anymore. That was one of the most difficult parts, stages of life. So anything that I can do to support others through that, I want to do it. Um, a big support for me when I was in high school, something that kind of changed the game for me was when I was a volunteer at a Lutheran camp, one of those mm -hmm. outdoor ministries that we have mm -hmm. through the LCMS. And I mean, up until then, there wasn't really a youth group at my church that was very active. There wasn't a youth group Bible study. I, I taught third grade Sunday school during that time because there was nowhere for me to go, you know, and, and even though there, there were wonderful Christians at my church and I was blessed to get to go to a Lutheran high school. That was big. That was helpful. I had the influence of those teachers. But then once I landed at Camp Luisimo in central Wisconsin to volunteer for two weeks as like a junior counselor. I got to put my faith into action. I got to work with little kids in a way that was making a difference. And I was the the college-aged adults that were doing ministry there, they believed in me. They encouraged me. They prayed with me. And I was like, whoa. Well, you know, it, it was life-changing for me. I got to see God at work through a different age group than myself, you know, through the college students, working with another age group, working with those kids. And it was one of the first times where I really felt like I was doing something that was helping, that was effective. And gosh, if God can work through me, maybe he can work, keep working through me. You know, it, it was life changing. I'm so thankful for outdoor ministry. And because of that, I spent every summer I could as a college student in outdoor ministry. And then for four years, full time in outdoor ministry, my first call was to Camp Luther in northern Wisconsin. So I'm putting in a plug to any youth leaders, <laughs> sign, get your high schoolers, college students to, to be part of outdoor ministry. It's so powerful. It totally is. And camps, I think, are looking for staff right now. If yeah. you're hearing this, if you're listening to this, we love the impact of that. And we know how incredibly valuable it is. You would not be surprised of how many people we've answered that question. And a camp has come up in that conversation in terms of where was a really impactful time relationally. And then also just having those unique experiences, too, that really either pointed them into church work. But even if it wasn't a future with church work, just to really have those times where they got to talk to other people about their faith and grow in it. So always love to hear that. Yes, because how many opportunities do you have to be part of an authentic community? Because it's all about community. And if you're stuck in the woods with 50 people for a week, that is a community. You're eating together, you're playing together, you're working together. And that's not something that any of us always get. As youth workers, we spend a lot of time trying to create community, you know, mm -hmm. and build connections. And yeah, you know, lock yourself in the woods for a long time. And that just kind of comes. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And and I appreciate that you said like, hey, you know, adolescence is just this weird, awkward time. And I think many of us share that experience of being like, I would not go back. You could not pay me enough money. <laughs> but now you talk about working with young people. What do you love about working with young people in your congregation and in your community? One of my favorite parts of youth ministry is seeing the response that youth have to God's word and to God's word being lived out by other Christians. And, you know, just like the look on their face during Bible study when they're like, oh, yeah, this does apply to me. Like, oh, like this little light bulb goes off and they're like, yeah, God, God can help me with that. Or I'm not alone. That's huge because I feel like they're being helped now in their life this moment by what God has done for them and what the Holy Spirit is doing for them. 
And that's not just something in the future. It's not just something, you know, retirement plan for when you die. But right now, God is active in your life. And that's exciting. And I've loved seeing youth now go through young adulthood and now becoming in the, you know, adults in the professional world who are living out their faith. At my congregation, one of the girls that was one of my youth is now one of our volunteer youth leaders. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, that That's very exciting for me to see that, that they're putting it into action, that they're living out their faith. We know that many in Generation Z do not identify with any religion, and whether this is Christianity or one of the other world religions. And it seems like the trends would show that this number will continue to increase over time. And so it can shift the situation for our Christian teens in school, in their sports, and other places, like even from when we grew up in their world and their everyday life. Where have you seen that? Like, how can this be challenging for our Christian teens? And maybe what opportunities does this give them in their vocations as they live out their life? It seems to me that younger generations value authenticity a lot. And so I think some of those um, statistics that you get back are just them being authentic about how I'm not attached to religion. That maybe in generations before, they would just check Christian, but it doesn't mean that that was where their heart was um, or where they wanted to be. But with this authenticity, you know, yeah, I don't con- I don't connect to a religion, so that's what I'm going to check. So I think that's almost, that's a good thing because... If you think you're in a good spot, you can pretend that you are. But if you know that's not where you're at, then it's something different. So when your Christian friends come and share their faith with you or you see them living out their faith, you can do that from more of an outside perspective, honestly, and say, that's not who I am. I want to find out more about that. Then kind of kind of rolling with the punches your whole life and just kind of sitting through church and being like, yeah, I've heard it. I'm not... You know, sure. Yeah, I'll check. Yes, I'm a member. But this is different because then this is more of an authentic difference. And so I think youth have a great opportunity now that we might not have had in the past, because mm-hmm. if, if their friends have not grown up in the church, they haven't heard these words. They can't just kind of overlook them or let them pass over their head because they've heard them so many times. These words could be brand new and exciting and they could be hearing them like in a fresh way. So it's, it's a great time for witness. It's a great time for youth to share their faith. Yeah, I, I, you wrote a chapter in Connected for Life that talked about how to help youth to witness. And you talk in that chapter about how teens can be equipped to share the gospel through sort of intergenerational mentoring. How can we work across generations to help equip young people for that? So why is connecting across generations so helpful in training youth to share Jesus with the people around them? It was powerful for me. I was just telling you about my experience in outdoor ministry and the young adults mentoring me and the church workers that were on staff mentoring those young adults and then the kids that I got to work with. And so you see the the powerful, the, the power behind reaching across generations and sharing what you have in common and learning from each other. I mean, think about this. If you were in a family of only people your own age, you know, how would you learn? How would you share? How, you know, you wouldn't be able to operate. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the church as a family, if you only spend time with people your age at church, just the siblings your own age, how can you learn from your parents or your grandparents? How can you take care of your younger siblings? If, if you lived in a family where you only had a relationship, you only interacted with your twin sister and not anyone else, not your parents or anyone else, when you left that family and came back and your twin sister wasn't home, would you really go home? 
You know, would you really want to be, why would you go back and be there? The only person that you ever connected with was your twin sister. So if you're, if the church is a family and everyone leaves, you all graduate, you all go work, join the military, go to college. Are you going to come back when the only people that you were connected with aren't there? Because they're off in the military or in college too. But if you have connections with the other people in that family, you come back to see grandma. You know, you come back because you want to talk to your dad. Um, you know, I like, I, I came back because I wanted to see my little siblings at church. You know, the kids who I taught Sunday school, well, how are they doing? I think I, I won't skip church. I want to, I want to see if he's there. You know, I don't know. That's, I think that's one reason that connecting in with multiple generations is a healthier family and a, a healthier way for youth to stay connected to their church family. Appreciate how in your chapter two, you talk about certainly a, a topic that can show itself up in a lot of different youth ministry scenarios. And that's that of social media. You did an LYF resource around that in terms of how that importance of sharing our faith um, through that medium. And certainly that's, that's a major part of, of many teens life. So how does that impact a young person's opportunity, ability to share the gospel? And maybe what are some of the ways that technology changes how this generation of teens can help point others to Jesus? I and mean, how can we help them understand social media and to do that well in that context? As youth leaders and lay youth leaders and people who care about young people, I think it's important that we not demonize technology, that we not say, you know, it's all bad. Oh, just stay off of Facebook. Oh, you know, you shouldn't be texting. You know, you hear that a lot. Like this is the devil's area. You better stay away from technology, man. It could pull you away, but it's a tool. It's not something that's good or bad. It's a tool and you can use tools for good or for bad. Now, this might be a tool that's easy to use for bad, but there's a lot of good potential. You know, this is social media is like the ocean that we swim in, that we live in, but especially youth and young adults. And it's not a secondary form of communication. It's not a non-vital social connection. These are real social connections. This is really how they communicate with their friends and how they express themselves. It's, I think just because some of us and people older than us are used to relationships only being in person, that we don't value that these are authentic, real relationships with their friends that they text with or friends that they Facebook with or who, you know, they're on Instagram and whatever. Like, this is real. This is how they communicate. And so let's give them the tools to communicate the love of Christ with, you know, in whatever venues that they're talking in. It's just a tool. Let's teach them to use that tool because it is a powerful tool. If that's where people are, we talk about Jesus where they are. You know, we've sent missionaries to other countries and that used to be a place where people were like, oh, if I'm a true Christian, I'll go overseas and I'll be a missionary to a new culture. Well, we can be missionaries to the people in that same place <laughs> online. We can live out our faith in the different country or the different nation of social media, especially for maybe for those of us who are older, that it might seem more like a second language but for young people, that is their native language. Go talk about Jesus in your native language. Go do it. And then we look for ways that we can help them do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. can appreciate, especially I think for this generation, as I, you know, I'm a data person. So I look at the data and I, we're hearing more and more that Gen Z is not necessarily, and they can't be, but not necessarily atheistic, but more apathyistic is kind of the word I like to use, meaning that they don't necessarily lack a belief in God. They just don't know why it matters. They don't see it as something that's important uh, or valuable. And 
sure, maybe God exists, but even if he does, you know, how does that have any direct relationship to my life or ask me to do anything? And so they don't necessarily see how it applies to their life as a young person. How can we maybe specifically equip Christian teens to approach that in their peers, this idea that maybe they're not antagonistic against faith, but they just don't see why it matters? Sure. Why would a retirement plan matter to someone who's 15? Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. I suppose I'll need to retire someday, but it's not what I was thinking about when I was in high school. And I think if they view faith as just a retirement plan, well, they don't need to worry about it. And if we talk about our faith and only in terms of believe in Jesus so you can go to heaven, then we're not showing them that it's a part of their life right now, too. Is it a retirement plan? It is my eternity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is God has given me eternal life with Jesus. And that is the most important thing. But it matters right now, not just then. You know, it matters in our life now. And if we can change the way that if we can make sure that we communicate that in the way that we teach young people and then the words that we give them to share their faith, that Jesus is making a difference in my life right now because my identity right now is in Christ. Not later, not just when I die, not just when something bad might happen and I'll need help. Right now, my identity is in Christ and that is who I am. And that's when youth can live that out and their friends can see that that's a different matter than than a retirement plan. And, and the way you live that out in a non-antagonistic kind of a way, which you were talking about just now, is essential. One of the Lutheran Youth Fellowship um, training curriculums, which is now Youth Lead curriculums that we worked on was Sharing Hope. One of the past curriculums that we worked on talked about the difference between sharing your faith by putting on punching gloves <laughs> mm-hmm. or by sharing a glass of water. You're going you're gonna to beat somebody into believing Jesus? Or, or are you going to keep offering them fresh water because they're hot and thirsty and they'll die without it? That, that's a different way. You know, you can win the argument and lose the person. It's not a fight. It's not an argument. It's a glass of cold water. And online, sometimes you only see the argument. If you post, <laughs> you've seen that? Absolutely. It's just someone posts a statement. And so then you're going to go on a tirade about that post and how it's wrong and how you can't believe that. And someone else will put their tirade about how what you said was wrong and you can't believe that. Well, that, that's just boxing gloves. That's going, that's just going back and forth. That's not how it is. Especially outside of the context of a friendship, of a relationship. If you're posting things online that just anybody could read, offer what? You can debate or you can discuss issues of theology later. I mean, how important that is. I love studying that. And I have a uh, master's in systematic theology because I'm, I nerd out about it. I love it. But that's not where you start out when you're sharing your faith. You just offer some water. Talk about, you know, those those other factors and helping people learn and grow in their faith later. But especially if it's online, just share hope, share love. And, And then the Holy Spirit works through that. And he works through his word and he brings people to faith. And there's, and then In that faith, there's law and there's gospel, and there's definitely a point for addressing sin. But first, let's give them some water so they don't die first. And you talked about uh, LYF or what we call youth lead and being with those young people and seeing them really get excited and desiring to be equipped to share their faith, to witness to Jesus in relationships with people. Because they start to see, I've got friends I care about who don't know Jesus didn't grow up in the church. They may be the only Christian they know, and they want to be able to share God's truth and Christ's love with them. And so when you talk about offering that glass of water to people that they care about, 
you provide a pattern in your chapter that you use instruct, apply, reflect, and repeat to teach teens to witness. Can you maybe break that down a bit and how that helps us develop the skill of witnessing? Instruct, apply, reflect, repeat. Yeah, so instruct, that's where you start out when you talk with youth. Why should we share our faith? Why is it important? And why are we doing this? And I think for many youth leaders, well, that's we just that's a given for us. We're like, well, that defines who we are. So we don't always remember that we need to explain it to people who are still learning, to people who maybe who haven't read the Great Commission in a way that they take personally mm-hmm. or look at scriptures in a way that motivates towards something. So instruct, teach. Why are we doing this? And then how should we do this? Actually give to that help youth share their faith. Tools that help them have vocabulary to talk about their faith. Sometimes they just don't know the words. Well, let's talk, Mm -hmm. you know, let's talk about words. Let's talk about how you would share what you believe in. Yeah. So instruct, why do you do it? How do you do it? And then apply. How would you have opportunities to apply what you've learned, apply what we've talked about in Bible study? And you do that as a youth leader, you can do that by helping them discover ways in their daily life where they can already apply it. You know, and saying, now that we've talked about this, we've, we've talked about this Bible story. Now, how would you apply that in your life? How could you live that out in a way that people would see it? You know, how would you share this with someone else? And, and you, you talk through how you could do that in ways that they're already doing. They're already on a sports team or a choir or volunteering at a animal shelter or any kind of normal things that teens would do. They already have places where they can apply that. And then giving them more chances to apply that you know, servant events, you know, LCMS servant events has a bunch every year you could sign up for community service projects that you can create, that you can find. There's already service projects going on, you know, that in the community, be a part of them to give kids a chance to apply their faith, apply, um, witnessing their faith, and then reflect. So instruct, apply, reflect is huge. That's the one we always skip. And I think when you skip processing over a significant event, you skip learning from it. You know, you hear a lot about reflective teaching or reflective practice. And that's when you stop, you analyze what you've done, you think through what you've done, you decide if it was effective, and you decide how you would want to do it next time. That's huge. You know, and you can do that as a group processing It's always really fun. I liked doing that both after an event or even just after like a, a group activity, sitting down as a group and saying, okay, so tell me what happened. Just kind of pay, play through the facts. What did we just do? Okay. So then what did those things cause? Like what was the effect of what we did? Do you think mm-hmm. it was effective? You know, what did you notice in each other? And then how would you want to do this differently? Is there something that you would like to approach differently, say that you didn't say or something that you shouldn't have said, you know, so help them as a group, that's great. That's fun. Also giving them opportunities to reflect as an individual. And sometimes you have to walk them through those steps and you can do that in personal reflections where they can write out their thoughts. Because some people are, I don't understand introverts, but I've heard they're out there. <laughs> You're talking to two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so sometimes you have to process internally. You know, yes. you have to yes, write it do. out. <laughs> It doesn't make sense to me because I think by talking, you know, and so that's why community group processing is great for me. I can talk out my thoughts. I can hear what you're saying. I can work it out while I'm saying it. But some people, they need to write it down first. 
You need to internalize it, think about it yourself, and then maybe be ready to share it. So giving youth both of those opportunities, I think, is really powerful. And then repeat. So instruct, apply, reflect, repeat. Don't just give up when you've messed up. Don't just give up because you didn't like how your witnessing went. Try again. Try over and over because um, God's love, his forgiveness, and his power come over and over. He's going to keep helping you do it. Don't stop. You just go right through the cycle again. I love that. Super helpful and practical for for youth leaders to be using with their young people. Now, you've referenced a couple of these, but we want to make sure we get them out there specifically, that you help develop some outstanding curriculums for um, Lutheran Youth Fellowship that we now call Youth Lead to help teens learn to witness in a couple of different areas and in different ways. So tell us a little bit about the curricula youth leaders can find. on. It's all on Youth eSource. It's all free to help support and teach youth about how to witness. Yeah, there are some great resources um, available on, online, and a lot of them are video-based. So they were through Lutheran Youth Fellowship, which is now Youth Lead, and they are not just written curriculums, but there's video corresponding to it. There are discussion questions. There are personal reflection pages for introverts. Thank and you. So these are, yeah. <laughs> it's everything that you would need, and a lot of them are four to five units, parts. So you could do these, you got a month and a half of Bible studies already planned for you as a youth leader. And okay, so there's different themes. There's uh, teens answering teens. And so that one talks about kind of apologetic focus. Brad Alice, author of Life's Big Questions, God's Big Answers. So he worked with us on that one. And that kind of helps give words to youth to live, to express their faith and how to say it. We did Teens Stand Strong. That I really like that one, especially for seniors who are just about to go out mm-hmm. um, in the military or to college or to work, because that kind of gives that gives youth tools to start making healthy spiritual habits by choosing a church, by staying connected to their church family, and talking about the challenges that they're going to face when they are in a very secular world, you know, where people view Christians as idiots. And so this kind of, this, I think this helps give support and a plan ahead of time for youth. Faith during times of transition. That one we did with, oh, I should have said that Teens Stand Strong, we did that one with Dr. Joel Bierman. Faith during times of transition, which we did with Micah Steiner, talked about the changes of life and how God doesn't change. And that was, we wrote that before COVID, but my goodness, we can just (laughs) use that one again because life doesn't, it's changing every month um, constantly. And so that one gives a lot of support and stability and talks about how God is the rock. And he does help us weather any storm. Is it going to hurt? Is it still going to be stormy? Yes. But that God helps us weather that. So that one I found really powerful. And there's another unit that I really like called Sharing Hope. That was with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. And that talked a lot about sharing your faith specifically. And that was where the example that I came with the boxing gloves. That's not how we share our faith, but that we share hope. We share love. And because we have a glass of water to offer. So these are all a bunch of different topical units that you can find that would make, you know, a month to a month and a half Bible studies set for you for your Sunday morning to lead with youth. And there's videos. So there can be, you know, multi different kinds of media going on. And if you're still teaching remotely, well, I know some churches still are, you know, my church still is doing remote Bible study Mm -hmm. with their youth. You can watch the video (laughs) online and then talk about it in Zoom. You can email them the worksheets that you, the discussion guides 
and the personal reflection papers. And they can, you can, they can do that remotely. So I think these are really applicable to, to the resources that we need right now. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing um, a little bit. I love your perspective. Thank you so much for, for helping us out and pointing us to some great resources. Thanks for being here. This was great. I really appreciate that this is a particular part of young people's vocation that we want to think about and help them to feel empowered and to explore when we talk about sharing the gospel, because that is one of the places where we have to look at young people right now and go, the situation in which they're sharing the gospel with their peers, with the people around them is so dramatically different than maybe it was for even us, who I promise are not that old, right? <laughs> right? Who had challenges to my faith. You know, certainly I went to a public high school. There were people around me who challenged that. But for the for the most part, that wasn't a particularly... Um, pressurized space for me to have to stand up for what I believed in all that often. And so I think it's really valuable for adult leaders now to be able to be empathetic, be proactive about Mm -hmm. getting young people the language they need, helping them practice, helping them feel confident and, and feeling like they can go out and tell people what they believe because of the love of Jesus Christ and and who God is to them without feeling like they're going to hurt relationships or be shunned or any any number of things. Yeah. One of the eye-opening things and also encouraging things just doing Youth Leader LYF these last few years is when we would open up discussion to say, like, what do you want us to do for the next curriculum? It was so much revolving around, we want to be able to witness. We want to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ with our friends and that to see that need. And I think you said too, there's a lot of that of having the boldness to do it, uh, but how to do it with love too. And so like even another resource I'd add to what Jessica discussed too is with her help too, we did uh, Motivated by Love, which was really taking the LCMS program that's called Everyone is Witness. And that was produced by LCMS Witness and Outreach Ministry and doing kind of a youth version of it because of their unique vocations in which they see that. And really giving them some tools to be able to, how do you share Christ's love in those situations? Because they want to, which is exciting because they love their neighbor. Yeah, when we talk about wanting our end goal of youth ministry to be young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life, that means not just knowing that they're loved by God, knowing about their baptism by being so uh, loved that they want to go out and and share that with other people in every aspect of their life, from social media (laughs) to the, the people in their own family often, people in their neighborhood, the people that they come across, you know, that idea that they have been so deeply loved and and we want them to carry that with them in into the world in a way that's not divisive, but in a way that does show share a long gospel that does point people to the cross in a way that is loving and empathetic and caring. I also think we want them to be able to recognize that their faith matters to them right now, right? It's not a future thing. I think often when our emphasis does become about like, you want to have faith in Jesus because of, of heaven, mm-hmm. um, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not wrong, but it becomes harder for us to be helping people to think about witnessing right now, especially as a teenager when that seems far away. It's because of that promise of Christ. We're able to witness to that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 So a couple of closing questions for you to consider. How can we be empathetic and encouraging to teens who are witnessing to peers who may not know anything about Jesus? How can you as an older adult or mentor speak authentically about the opportunity social media or life experience gives one to share the love of Jesus? And finally, how can you help youth to take off their boxing gloves and offer grace and hope as they share their faith? 
We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you encourage young people to share the love of Jesus with others, as you help them to become disciples of Jesus Christ for life in a world that may need to hear the gospel. May you and your youth be empowered by the Spirit to love others in Jesus' name. Engel's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Thank you.